You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Mic check, please. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks on the Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. And I'm your host, Katie Burke. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America. The DU Podcast, sponsored by Purina Pro Plan, the official performance dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Purina Pro Plan, always advancing. everybody welcome back to the ducks limit podcast i'm your host chris jennings joining me on the show today once again is scott layseth scott welcome back to the show good to be here man scott for any listener who does not know is the cooking columnist for ducks unlimited magazine among other accolades throughout the industry um, scott also has several tv shows four to be in fact on the outdoor channel right now uh, we touched on that in the last episode um, but scott and i kind of got to talking about you know maybe this is more of a perspectives thing but i think it's very very obvious that there is a hierarchy of waterfowl from a culinary perspective some people prefer to only eat these ducks or maybe they don't eat diving ducks but some people will only eat diving ducks or prefer diving ducks over puddlers there's just there is a hierarchy there and so we wanted to go through that and scott i want you to go ahead and kind of explain from your perspective where you're coming from on that hierarchy of ducks well you know i've never been one to say i'm just gonna shoot green hits or you know don't shoot spoonies there are clubs in northern california where they fine you if you shoot a spoonie Ooh, and they don't I'll want you bringing they don't want you bringing spoonies into the club or if you're dropping them off at the pickers 
If you've got a strap of Sponies, somebody's going to be laughing at you. Now, <laughs> I take those same Sponies and I prepare them and cook them for people and just don't tell them they're Sponies and they go, wow, this duck is good. I've done blind tastings where I've had mallard, gadwall, pintail, and widgeon, and they were all prepared exactly the same. And I would just have a little morsel and people would try it. And I'd say, okay, you tell me which is which. They can't do it. There's a, a guy that I hunted with for years that said, the gadwall in California fly over to Nevada and eat snails. And, and then they come back to California and they taste really bad. And that's why he won't shoot them. And I said, you're an idiot. So on the back of the pickup, after we got done hunting, I took a gadwall breast and a mallard breast. And we had a third person there to make sure I wasn't mixing anything up. And I said, all right, you tell me which one's the gadwall, which one's the mallard. It took him a while, but he did choose wrong. But just the fact that he had to really think about which one was which tells me that, you know, maybe the hierarchy isn't quite so... Um, isn't quite so. Maybe you can make a gadwall taste like a mallard without wrapping it in jalapeno, bacon, and cream cheese. So, but, you know, the, we shoot a lot of spoonies in California, you know, and they shoot a lot of greenheads in Louisiana and Arkansas. And so greenheads are the thing. But I'm telling you, there's so many other ducks out there, spoonies, surf scoters, those, you know, diving ducks, but you have to prepare them a little bit different. It's not that one's better than the other. It's kind of one's easier to cook than the yeah. other. I think, you know, we kind of joke around at our place and we make, we cook a lot of ducks at our little duck camp and uh, make poppers and fried duck and all kinds of different things. And people who visit and hang out there and we always tell them that we only cook greenheads you know, big fat greenheads. And then when they asked, like, how many greenheads did you kill yesterday? Like, oh, we, we didn't shoot any. <laughs> you know, it's like, just tell them they're, they're eating greenheads. They don't know the difference, you know, especially right. in a, a popper or a fried duck recipe or something like that. Sure. You know, you can always tell them, oh, yeah, that's a greenhead. But, you know, they won't know the difference anyway. So you're exactly right. But that hierarchy, you know, wh what would be your, you know, if you look at it, what people would say, what's the most common duck that people say is the best one to eat? Well, probably here it would be a pintail. Hmm. Uh, my guess is if I was to poll uh, most of the hunters here, it would be pintail, mallard, teal, widgeon, gadwall, spoonie. Where's that wood duck? They don't shoot foot ducks here. <laughs> it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, there's wood duck boxes everywhere. We see Woody's flying over, and I'm still not convinced you can call a Woody, even though people say that they do. I think that Woody really, has, it has to be his idea or her idea. Yeah. But it's some of the best tasting duck out there. Mm -hmm. But in California, we don't. Just don't shoot a lot of them. We try, typically let them go and wait for something else. Yeah, it makes no that's interesting. Sense. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I guess maybe I'm just an equal opportunity duck shooter. That um, if it's if it's in range, it's it's getting shot at. Well, and the in the ring necks that you all shoot, mm -hmm. people here don't. That in California they don't shoot them unless it's by mistake. And yet I've cooked lots of ring necks in the southeast, and they're great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. But out here, they're going, what was that? You know, that's a perception with diving ducks, too, when what's actually really interesting about that is, you know, the canvas bag used to be one of the most sought-after birds and almost to the point of extinct, extinction based on market hunting. Um, right. You know, those things were fetching the most money in these markets you know, early in the 1900s, late 1800s. And now, you know, people are like, ah, I don't eat diving ducks. Like, 
hmm? like that, that doesn't make sense. Like, well, what changed there? Uh, from from right. your perspective, what do you think changed in that the mindset? You know, I I'm not sure where that where that came from. Why you know mallards are king? I don't. I'm not sure when that happened. They've you know growing up, and I've been hunting for fifty some odd years. Um, mallards were the thing fifty years ago in Virginia, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if we just had more mallards. Um, yeah. We had. I, 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 I'm guessing we had more mallards then than we do now. Does that make sense? <laughs> Maybe in certain areas, I, certainly. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really. I, I'm not saying that I don't want to bring home seven greenheads on mm-hmm. a strap. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It just doesn't happen all that often for most people. Um, unless you've got a high dollar duck club here, would be in the Butte Sink, um, where you know if you can afford it and be real picky and shoot the natural cover, you're probably just going to shoot. You can pick and choose greenheads. But most of us that have a seat and a blind somewhere or that are hunting refuges don't have that option. Mm-hmm. And very seldom are we going to be able to come out with a limit of greenheads. And you know, a lot of places you can only shoot so many greenheads out of your limit anyway. Yeah. But um, again. I can take a widgeon and make it taste just like a green head just by putting a simple brine in it, not overcooking it, um, and and being respectful with the animal and not trying to make it not taste like a widgeon. I'm not I, I'm not a hierarchy guy. Um, again, I love shooting good ducks, so to speak, but I'll shoot them all. Yeah, and I think it's regional too, like you said. There's some things that you know, people may assume about certain species from like, I was surprised to hear when you mentioned your hierarchy that the green wing teal wasn't higher because California shoots a ton of green wing teal. We shoot a lot of spoonies and a lot of teal. Yeah. yeah, And I, and from my perspective, I'm a big green wing teal fan on the table. You know, they're, they're very good. Like I get a chance to shoot six green wings. I'm taking it, you know, that's it. Um, but I was surprised to hear it kind of further down on your list, and I didn't know if that was maybe just a regional thing or if that was not not that I'm saying you're the hierarchy list, but you know further down on what you would say the perception of the hunter there may have. Well, and and teal is one of the few ducks that I'm going to cook whole and serve whole because you know a medium rare teal leg is still edible. Um, you don't need, really need to go low and slow on those. You just need to gnaw on it a little bit. But you're right, teal. I think is I mean. Between teal, mallard, and and uh, pintail, you know they're all right there on top as far as the, uh, my personal hierarchy. Um, but I think you know if I'm if I'm going to have a meal and somebody says, "Do you want teal or mallard?" I think I'm with you. I think I'd rather shoot. I'd rather eat the teal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, yeah. I we've had this conversation with some of the buddies that I hunt with, and like teal, everyone is like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm going after that." If you know, now granted, if I'm trying to you know, live off of that, that larger mallard makes a lot, lot more sense. But, you know, with, with what I'm trying to cook and some of the recipes that I do, um, I want that green wheat teal. So, uh, that's always an interesting, you know, perspective, but I will tell you this one story and you'll probably appreciate this, you know, with like dead meat and all the things that, that you end up cooking and eating. Um, I was on a hunt in the Northwest territories and we were hunting with a first nations guide and we shot a buffalo head. And so we were all sitting there and, you know, he immediately plucked that thing. It was ready to go by the time we got back to camp. And as like the appetizer before, you know, he went to, we were cooking dinner on the fire and kind of as an appetizer, he just rough plucked that buffalo head and just set it right on the, on the grate. 
and basically singed all the feathers off. And it, it wasn't on there long. I'll tell you that. And he, he didn't even turn it. He basically just set it on there with the breast down. I mean, this thing still has head on, feet on, everything. And he cooked it like, and he's like, oh, this is, you know, this is how we, we cook these. And he was just explaining, it's just kind of a little snack, you know, buffalo head, small size, you know, it's just a little snack for them. And so he pulled that thing off, pulled out his pocket knife and just started slicing small, thin slices off that breast and skin and all. And, uh, he starts handing it out to everybody and it, tasted exactly what I thought it was going to taste like. It, it tasted like a shiner in my mouth. <laughs> like I just put a fish <laughs> in my mouth. But I think uh-huh. that that was, I think all of that it was more of the approach and the the process of the way he cooked it rather than a buffle head by itself. It's, they're edible. You know, what we were doing there, I don't know if I would do that again. So I'm sure you've had some experiences like that where maybe someone or maybe an accident when cooking that you have ruined a duck or, you know, something that you weren't expecting happen. Is that, is that the case? Well, yeah. And you know, I'm sure you're the same way. You, if you've got a mallard that's got, you want to pluck it, you want all that fat on there, you take your time, you render the fat down until that skin's nice and crispy. However, with some of the ducks, you got to get rid of that skin, whether it's a surf scoter or a buffle head. Mm-hmm. You notice that that skin didn't help the flavor of the duck. It did not. <laughs> um, but if you take that same duck and you peel the skin off, put a little brine on it, you'll find that it's a whole different duck. Um, we hunted surf scoters on a dead meat show in the San Francisco Bay. It was great. You're in a you know you're in a large boat. You're shooting about three feet off the water at these surf scoters. They're flying on a string. They're not really working like you see other ducks work. And I was told that they're not edible. I brought them home, um, and the skin on these things is orange, right? So it's obviously whatever they're eating is turning that skin orange. If you eat it with the skin, it's not good. If you peel the skin off, if you don't pluck it, you just peel it and then use it that way, it's a whole different duck. So for the diver ducks, I remove the skin, um, but for the the puddlers, I try and pluck them and leave the skin on. Stay tuned to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, sponsored by Purina Pro Plan, after these messages. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. 
visit campuswaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation, united by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation, take it outside. eider hunting in Maine several years ago and we'd shot several common eiders and we skinned those you know they breasted them out basically and sliced the breasts up not real thin but maybe a quarter to a half an inch and marinated them and and they were at, like, people were like I'm not eating that you know it's an eider I, there's no way I'm eating that and I'm like I'll try I'll try anything and, uh, and I ate, I thought it was great you know I'd no problem with it whatsoever. But again, like you said, it's all in the approach. So, and the, the perception, you know, hunter's perception as far as, oh, I'm not really crazy about eating those ring necks or, you know, bluebills where you may have another guy who's like, that's all I want to eat. So the guy that says that's all I want to eat, I'm guessing he only has access to bluebills and things. I mean, <laughs> that's probably yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what was interesting when we were in that First Nations village in the Northwest Territories, some of the other locals there, they wanted, they would come to us and they'd ask like, do you got any ducks? You know, they wanted ducks, but they don't, they, they wanted common mergansers. That's the bird that they wanted to eat. And we're like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't shoot any of the common mergans. And I found that <laughs> on, interesting, on but our, yeah, but our, yeah. our guide was like, you know, they're, they're, think about it from their perspective. They're bigger, you know, they're a little bit larger right. bird. They're very, very, you know, protein heavy diet anyway. And so like they, they want that more, I don't want to say fishy, but you know, something that's got a little bit of a different flavor than what maybe we would be accustomed to. Sure. Uh, so I found that very interesting. Just like you say, you can add that to the hierarchy, the anomalies in that hierarchy where some, you know, these people wanted to eat common mergansers where other people would say, nah, I'm not going to touch it. And I, you know, I've always thought of mergansers as kind of bottom of the barrel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if there is a bottom of the barrel, I think merganser might be there. However, on a dead meat show, we were in South Carolina with a gal who's with the Gullah community, direct African descendants. She cooked uh, merganser and, uh, let's see, possum, uh, marsh hen, and mullet, all the all the things that you really want to eat all the time. Yeah. And the merganser was good. Was it? I mean, and I've cooked mergansers before. You know, they take a little work. They're a little strong. You don't want the skin. Yeah. You don't stuff a merganser and roast it. But the breasts are fine. It just takes a, you know, it, you want a marinade. You want a brine and a marinade. And if you need to disguise that flavor a little bit on the merganser, what I do, because not all mergansers taste the same, mm -hmm. take a slice of that breast, put a little salt and pepper on it, brown it lightly in a skillet, and then just see what it tastes like. Yeah. See if it, see if it needs work. If it's really bad, I'm not going to eat it. Mm. I mean... If it, whether it's any piece of meat, if it doesn't taste, um, if it's off tasting, and I've had mallards that look gorgeous, and then you eat them and go, "What in the heck was this thing at the at the landfill or whatever?" I don't know what it is, but um, 
and see how it behaves. But those mergansers, I think, can, you know, can benefit just from a very simple marinade. Leave it on overnight if you want. The brining helps. But again, uh, I don't typically target mergansers if I can help it. Yeah. Hey, how was that possum she cooked? Yeah. yeah. People, that say yeah. They love, <laughs> people that say they love possums, I don't think they've ever had chicken. I'm telling you, yeah. it's, the, it's not... Possum to me isn't good, um, and I know that if you take it and you purge it for a week or whatever it is you want to do to make your possum not taste like possum, to me it's just kind of greasy and and wonky and uh, you know coons possums those kind of things they're not they're not on my high on my list. I'll eat them. Yeah, I've had a I've had a raccoon that was like braised for a long period of time, almost you know, cooked down to like reduced down and right. it, it really wasn't bad. Like I was like, yeah, it shreds oh, up. Yep, it was shredded. It was, you right. know, kind of one of those deals. And it, it was at some beast feast that, you know, I went to several years ago, but uh, it, well, I was, I was surprised at that. The possum, man, that's I tough. Know. It's tough to get I, past I, that whole possum I, face. Ugh. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Especially if you were the one that broke it down and then you're eating this thing and yeah, it's yeah, that'd be got rough. the beef and the, it's got that horror flick look on it. Yeah, you're eating possum, you're hungry. I know that. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing we did kind of skip over here, and I think we talked about it before we went on air, um, goose, the hierarchy of, of all geese. Right. And where would you say, you know, and I think it's pretty obvious where most people stand in, in, in cooking geese, but, you know, from white fronts to Canada's, you know, smaller Canada's, the subspecies, snow geese, you know, and then even you know, I'll add cranes in there, but I think most people know that crane is is pretty good. That's not something yeah, to pass yeah, over. Yeah. Um, but so, what's kind of your perception on on the, the goose slash crane? Well, we have we have a a late season hunt here for um, the specs for the white fronts, mm-hmm. which we're really fortunate in Northern California that we're really really long on speckled bellies, which is not a bad place to be. No, they are. In my opinion, they're by far the better eating goose. I think most people would say Spec Canada's and then snow geese. And I tell you, the people that talk smack about snow geese, I don't know what they're doing with their snow geese, whether they're even eating them or not. Mm-hmm. I'll take a snow goose over a Canada goose most of the time, especially a big Canada goose. You know, when you're when you're slicing into a honker into a raw honker breast, it's it's tough. I mean, you can feel it. Just you're you're applying a fair amount of pressure just to get through that thing. Yeah. And so, you know, the the bigger ones are a little. You want to do something with the if you're going to cook it medium rare. I like to tenderize it a little bit. I'll take that breast out and I'll either use a mallet or a jacquard, um, which I don't know if we've talked about before. The jacquard, they're tenderizers. It's spelled J A C C A R D. And it's got these surgical steel flat blades on the spring-loaded deal. And you just push it into that into that goose breast, and it doesn't turn it into hamburger. It just cuts through the connective tissue, makes it more tender. Um, and that helps the bigger ones. The snow geese, I want people to give snow goose another try. Um, you've got the late-season snow geese where you've got, you know, people are putting them into ditches. They're taking them to landfills. That's not what we should be doing with these things. If nothing else, breast them out, grind them up, make summer sausage out of them, you know, make chorizo with them. Um, but 
it's disrespectful to do what a lot of people do. I mean, it's wanton waste. Yep. It's illegal. And I was going to say, not, it's illegal. Don't, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Don't do it. But I, I want you to give those snow geese another try. And I'm, and I'm with you on the sand hill cranes. What's not to like about cranes, right? Yeah. That's why they refer to them as the ribeye in the sky. But right. when I say that, the ribeye in the sky, you know, just like California, where I hunt in Arkansas, we are, are blessed with an abundance of white-fronted geese. And our area where we hunt, we have a ton of them. And so we end up harvesting quite a few. Um, but sure. that is one of the birds that we have a hard time keeping around. You know, like there's nothing ever in the freezer because we right. eat I mean, almost every meal. You know, we start off with a, you know, a white front of breast kind of appetizer where Bless. we got into doing this recipe where, uh, and you might, it's just some, probably a spinoff of one of yours that I pulled off a marinade, but it's, you know, soy sauce, brown sugar, heavy garlic, and a little bit of ginger. And basically we'll breast that bird out, throw it in those bags while we're unloading gear, putting stuff up. It might marinate for an hour. Now, if you leave it in longer, it just becomes meat candy. But, you know, at an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours, you pull that thing out and you throw that on a hot grill and get that thing to medium rare, pull it off. And I have buddies that come from all over the country to stay at our house and, and hunt and we hang out. And almost every year, the biggest surprise for people is like, you just cut that breast out and just threw it right on the grill like it's a piece of prime rib. I'm like, yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, and they're like, this is fantastic. I need that marinade. And then they realize how easy it is and people are just blown away by it. Do you do you have people where, do you use something like either a sand hill or a, you know, speck as a bird to introduce to people? Is that, you know, oh, have yeah. you done that before? Absolutely. And, and I'll tell you why I had, I think it was last year I wrote one of my columns was on, on specs. And um, I had a real hard time finding a speck or two to use for the recipes <laughs> because just like your guys, there aren't any. Mm -hmm. um, as many as we have, we eat them. Yeah. Uh, you know, meat doesn't get better in the freezer. And so you want to eat it as I like to eat it as soon as I can. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do exactly the same thing. And that same marinade you're talking about works well with any duck or goose or deer or mm -hmm. possum. Even. Yeah, I actually learned that from a buddy, I think. He did dove breasts. He had a bunch of doves, and he marinated them in there, and then we just kind of tossed these little bit, and he, he called them like meat candy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he would just throw them on the hot grill, turn them over real quick. I mean, they weren't on the grill for a minute. And he pulled them off and threw them in a big bowl, and we're all standing around eating, and it was doves. So the morsel's about the size of a quarter. And right. I, everyone there was just like, oh, my gosh, like this is unbelievable. <laughs> so, yeah, uh -huh. and that's a good one to use for duck or geese. So I guess that's my contribution to a recipe right there, but not. <laughs> and and by, as an aside, by the way, we were in Uruguay with dead meat and you've and I don't know if you've done the South American dove hunt. I have not. We had two guys shooting over and unders in less than two hours and we shot three cases of shells. Ooh. So, you know. Uh, I've, I've never seen anything like what I saw in Uruguay. Um, I'm telling the camera guys, I'm going, you're not going to see this again. And I'm sure lots of people have seen it. But at any time, you could take a break, pick up your gun, and there's, you know, 200 doves within range. Wow. And there were tens of thousands of doves attacking us. And anyway, so if you can get to Uruguay and shoot doves, do you it. You can make a bunch of that meat candy. You can do that, yes. Yeah. 
Do they do, now? Are you are they preparing those things for you down there, or how does that work? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perdis, per doves, ducks, axis. We ate it all when we were there. That's awesome. Now, is there any recipe before I get you out of here? Is there any recipe that you like to recommend to people as um, you know, maybe one that if if someone ha- let's say this, someone has a snow goose and they're hesitant, like you said, a lot of people are hesitant to eat snow geese. What are you telling them to do? What's the Scott Lasith 101? Let's take this snow goose. Let's get it eaten. Here's what you do. My my go-to recipe for any duck or goose for people that say they don't like it is uh, let's assume that I brined it. I'm going to rub it with a little olive oil, salt, and pepper. I'm going to put it skin side down. If it's a snow goose, I may or may not have the skin on it depending on when or where it was shot. Um, I'm going to brown it on both sides, and I'm going to add a little red wine, a splash of balsamic vinegar, some garlic, and rosemary. And then once that duck or once that goose is done, I'm going to take it out at about 130-degree internal temperature, let it rest for a minute. Meanwhile, I'm going to keep reducing that wine and balsamic vinegar. I'm going to add a little bit of either fresh berries or a little berry preserves. I've said this recipe for I don't know how many years. Um, I may have actually done it on this show. So you've got the balance of balsamic vinegar. You've got a little sour. You've got the sweet from either the preserves or the berries itself. Finish that with a little bit of chilled butter. Take the pan off the heat. Whisk in some chilled butter into the sauce and just drizzle that over that duck. First, slice it across the grain. Drizzle that over there. Put a couple of the new fresh berries on there so it looks really pretty. We want it to look good. People go nuts over that recipe. Um, and I'm again, I'm, I'm sure I've done it for DU many times, and I've I've done it in my uh, on my TV shows and in the website. And it's duck with balsamic berry sauce or goose with balsamic berry sauce. Yeah, you have, and that's an, that's a good one. That is a good one. I've done several renditions of that, you know, whether it's the berry, you know, remove the berries, but the balsamic, um, man, that really just, that just jumps. And then, like you said, I think one thing that is important, the presentation, you know, you're taking the time to put additional berries on it and the drizzle and all of that, that can make a big difference for someone who's not real eager to try and eat duck or goose. It, it does help. Yeah. I mean, if you, when you go to a duck feed of some sort, and you got a bunch of people cooking whole ducks, and then you're putting whole ducks on the table. It's kind of like when I catered weddings, and they'd say, oh, we want Cornish game hens. I'm going, no, you don't. <laughs> because you've got a Cornish game hen on a plate that's gonna, you're going to be fighting to slice into it and all that, and you've got gals with nice dresses on, um, and it's going to end up in somebody's lap. So, you know, when you're cooking a duck, take those legs and thighs off. Give them about a two-hour head start until they start to come off the bone. Then you cook the breast, you make stock out of the bodies, you're using the whole thing. To me, cooking a whole duck just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, I know. You have you have said that and written that before, but it's always good to reiterate um, to, to our audience, you know, that whole duck, for as cool sometimes it looks in the picture, we've had that conversation. Yeah. It's not always practical. Nope. So keep that in mind. 
Yeah, that uh, that the Christmas goose that you see in the photo is a domestic goose, yeah. not a wild goose. Yeah. Not those legs are not going to be any good at medium rare. Yeah, they're going to be toasty. Yeah. All right, Scott, I appreciate it. Um, this has been fantastic. I'm sure that our listeners have probably gained a lot of uh, insider knowledge here on cooking and, and different species of ducks and different things to do, different approaches. Also, you know, remembrance on focusing on the presentation too. You know, just as important sometimes. So this has been great, great conversation, and I'm sure we'll get you back on here real soon. Very good. I'd like to thank my guest, Scott Layseth, the Ducks Unlimited Magazine cooking columnist, for coming on the show today and talking about the hierarchy of ducks and geese. I'd like to thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for putting the show together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, our listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to the DU Podcast, sponsored by Purina Pro Plan, the official performance dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Purina Pro Plan, always advancing. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit ducks.org slash DU Podcast. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside.